Hello and welcome to podcast two of the JRE Review. Um, fun thing about podcasts is when you start them out, there's a lot of anticipation and angst towards who is ever going to listen and uh, do you even know what you're doing. Um, fact is, I have no idea what I'm doing with this and uh, I have no idea who's going to listen. And what that does is it me take multiple takes. So this is, let's just say, at least the second take of this podcast where I uh, well and truly fucked up the first one. Um, but that's it. That's how we learn. And then I put it off for like four days. So lesson there, try not to put things off, you know, get right back on that horse. But anyway, thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll have some guests coming up. The next podcast I do, it, it'll be the um, podcast for week 24 of the year for Joe Rogan's um, JRE and review. I should have uh, a guest, a good friend of mine coming in just to chat, kind of liven it up. And then hopefully um, uh, another person I know that's done podcasts before and is an actor and uh, I always have great conversations with. So we're going to bring some people in and then you just don't have to listen to me just waffling on on my own all the time. All right. Um, So anyway, week 23 starts off with Eric Griffin. Uh, Eric Griffin, best known for his role on Workaholics as the grumpy older office guy. Um, Eric is great. I've watched his stand-up for years. Uh, Really talented stand-up, too. He has a new special coming out, and if you get the chance to watch it, do it for sure. I actually haven't seen that one, but I've seen plenty of his stand-up in the past, and he has a pretty unique uh, and uh, way about going around his comedy and he's very talented too like surprisingly talented where he can just break into song and he's very smooth and effortless with his transitions and it's very well rehearsed and and absolutely hilarious honestly and he and when you listen to the concept of the comedy too like you just write out where the joke was and what was happening it his he takes very simple kind of unfunny events and really just crushes them. I mean, makes them great. Like things as simple as watching a Disney movie, you know, and he starts singing along and someone's complaining in the theater and it's, you know, the, a lot of comedians could do that joke and it could just die. But he really just, he pulls something magical out of it. And, uh, you know, a lot of that comes through on the podcast too. He's just really interesting guy. <clears throat> to talk to he was uh he he's a teetotaler doesn't drink doesn't smoke right he's dating a like a 20 year old or someone in their 20s he's like 47 so yeah maybe midlife crisis thing or maybe whatever who knows i'm not here to judge (laughs) but uh uh oh also friends with justin bieber right how wild is that he says he like actually knows the kid so, and just describing how that kid lives his life. I mean, wowza. Um, it, when, when Eric was trying to describe like the level of power that this guy has, he was saying that when he first met Justin, he was at some sort of party. And Justin just is like stood there and, and Eric's like kind of close to him. And, and Justin just, 
turns to him and says, hey, can I get a Jack and Coke or some drink? And Eric immediately was like, yep, and just went. When really, you know, you'd be like, what, kid? Get your own fucking drink. But I think there's just something about that guy. I mean, there has to be, right? Someone who could just send out a tweet and say, I'm horny. And then all of a sudden, there's lines longer than anything that you could ever see at Disneyland is around the corner of his house, down the street, for miles and miles of just hot chicks wanting to bang him. I mean, how he even controls himself in any way. I, I don't know. I don't, maybe because he just practiced since he was young. Like, he's been this famous since he was fucking 10 years old. I just can't imagine anyone given that much power and acting normal. I would, I'd be an absolutely mess with that. Uh, but good for Justin. I don't listen to any of his music and um, uh, whatever. So, so, yeah, that's Eric. He's got his new stat special coming out. You've got to check it out. Uh, he needs the support, you know. This is where good comics get to show off their stuff. And it only takes a minute just to track it down, find it, and put it on. And, um, you know, and it's for you too. It's it's for the listener. It's not just to support him. It's like you have the right to laugh. You have the right to know who's hilarious and who to look for and, and who will really cheer you up. And, and he's definitely a guy uh, for that. So uh, hopefully Eric will be back on. Uh, I really enjoyed listening to it and, uh, you know, put anything in the comments if you uh, had some questions or anything that you liked or if you watch this special and then you think, hey, that was fucking awesome. Let us know about it. Um, it's good to get some feedback. So podcast 1127, Jesse Itzler, right? This guy is pretty badass. He's he's like a Tim Ferriss type, you know, well, maybe, I don't know. He's just like super motivated, wants to learn everything, intense, you know, type A guy who's made plenty of money with like a coconut water company. He's very successful. Um, also, he has like a private jet um, company as well. So yeah, tons of money, always looking for adventure. And he decides to go up upstate New York and live with these monks for 15 days. And they're like Russian Orthodox, I believe. And maybe to some people that doesn't sound too bad. You know, maybe to some people listening, it sounds like a bit of a vacation. Take a break, chill out, hang out with some monks. You know, drink tea, whatever monks do. But I think to this guy, who's like moving at 100 miles an hour all the time, to go to a place that's that secluded, to sit quietly with, I believe there were 16 monks there, and, you know, going to bed at like 8 p.m., 7, 8 p.m., you're in your little, you know, room, but it's more like a cell. I think they even call their room cells. And having to just sit and be alone with your thoughts, I mean, it's a huge wake-up call. And he describes as the first couple of days just making him mad, like absolutely going out of his mind. He didn't know what to do. He said something like he ran over 100 miles up and down the driveway uh, in the time that he was there, like a cumulative time. That's a lot of fucking running. 
I mean, that guy has some some angst, some anxiety that he's like trying to work off. Um, but yeah, he wrote a book about his experience. And what's interesting is the monks that actually raise dogs, I think they raise German shepherds. So they train them and raise them and sell them. And this is kind of how they keep the power on. And it's fascinating because they're so good at doing this now that they, they I think that a book's been written about that too. And it's, uh, it's one that Joe Rogan actually owned, I believe. And it's about, you know, uh, training your dog, training a puppy getting it ready for like, you know, behaving itself. So there he was surrounded by all these uh, German shepherds and these monks and having to just like really find himself. And what was cool about what he was talking about, and I loved like the passion in his voice anyway. I mean, he spoke so quickly and, and powerfully that he says he has a new relationship with time. Time is different. And that's a fascinating one when I think people take take a step back because a lot of people are moving very quickly. It's like, go, 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 go. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And, you know, you get a lot done. But then sometimes when you slow things down, you don't run out of time quicker. When you slow things down, you actually slow down time. When you just take a minute and go, whoa, hold on. What, what am I getting done here? You kind of streamline it a bit. And I was thinking about this this morning, actually, and it's kind of a strange one. It's like you think the faster you move through your day, just plow, ticking shit off your to-do list and just ticking it all away, that that's, that's the way forward. But sometimes you could just take your daily to-do list and just scrap it and say, right, today's just for me. And you just stop and you think and you kind of reanalyze where you're going and what you're doing. He was saying that he was watching a, a ton of sports, right? At, you know, 10 plus hours a week of sports on TV. Well, when he gets back and he understands time differently, he wants more of this time for himself. And this time is more important and not necessarily just a waste of watching television. Um, not that watching sports is, is all that much of a waste, but, but you know, it, Eventually, you're just like, well, can I do something else with this time that's more valuable? And I think that's where he was getting to with this, which, which I thought was really, um, really cool. And, you know, he, he has other strategies moving forward that really apply to this. Like he was saying that he takes a week a year for adventure. Like no matter what, no matter how busy he is, seven days in a year, you know, who can't do that? Realistically, I think everyone can if you put that as a priority. And it's not about knocking out a bunch of other things that you need. It's just seven days. And if you really pick your adventure, I mean, it can be incredibly powerful. Uh, just years fly by. And if you don't do it, five years can go and you haven't done an adventure. Maybe your body's not even holding together enough to do that kind of adventure. It's important. It's... It's something that, that you got to focus on. And I love that message. I really did. Um, it, it, he does a lot of corporate talks and, uh, you know, <clears throat> kind of just as a motivator and like, this is how I did what I did and giving his message. But one thing that um, Jesse says he likes to do when he talks in front of these people um, is that he likes to say, take all the feelings that you've had for your whole life 
all the feelings, happy, sad, anxiety, stress, fear, all the rest of it, put them in a blender <clears throat> and give it a rating, right? And this was, it's an interesting experiment, but Joe Rogan called it out immediately. And I'm glad that he did. And this is, this is just one of those things where you realize like really how in tune Joe is because it's not just about him sitting there quietly and listening. It's, he really applies it. He's like plugging this information in the algorithms that he has. And if something doesn't come out right, if something doesn't equal one at the end, then it, it doesn't fit. It's wrong and here question it. And I always love that about Joe because it takes balls to do that. It, it takes balls to even identify it right away. And what Jesse was getting at is that the overall rating is not all that high, you know? Maybe you could say a five or a four. Because if you think about it, a lot of your emotions and feelings are not all that pleasant because they're kind of motivating us to do things, you know? You gotta go take a shit. You gotta drink some water. You gotta eat some food. You gotta go to work. You've got to worry about these things at work in order to get them done. If you just felt great all the time, you wouldn't do a lot. So as a living organism that requires nutrients constantly and wants to reproduce, it's going to create impulses and feelings that motivate us through discomfort. So there may be more discomfort than pleasure. You know, you get that short period of time after you've done with tasks and you're like, oh, it feels good. But how long does that live before you got to get on with something else? So what this guy was trying to say is like, overall, look at your life this way. And that number is fairly low. Maybe you need to change some things. Well, maybe true, you need to change some things. But what Joe said is he goes, it's not about that. You know, it's not about like just that overall feeling. It's about it's it's about all the different feelings at different times. Because you can't just do an average of it. If you do an average of it, maybe it doesn't look good. Maybe it doesn't feel good. But then that's in, inescapable. But it's about organizing it in the right way. You know, if the discomforts come anyway, let's say they're inevitable. Well, if they're coming, why not choose them? So why not go to the gym and do a really killer hard workout? That's very uncomfortable. Well, there we go. You've had your discomfort now. So now you can focus on some other things. It's about choosing when you feel those things. If you can't get rid of them, if you have like all these different points of emotion that you have to hit every day, but you get to choose when they are, that's far better than letting the universe choose it for you. Who knows? That's just kind of bullshit talk for now, but it's just something that I think about. I, I think that's why someone like Joe Rogan works out so hard. Or, you know, even does stand-up. I mean, a lot of people that do stand-up, that's a battle between torturing yourself and really loving something. I mean, it's brutal. It's brutal. And it's not just a 100% fun payoff, even for the guys at the top like Joe. It's very difficult. Like right now, he's writing new material. I saw him recently. And so what he does, it looks like he does like 10 minutes of new stuff. And then he, he and then he goes and does the some more of his older stuff that's more polished because he has to have some stuff up there that really hits. Well, the new stuff is God bless him, it's clunky. But it remember he's one of the best at doing this. It has to be clunky. It's how it is for all these guys. He's still so natural, like he's so 
practiced and talented when it comes to his stand-up anyway, that he can turn some clunky material into something good. He knows how to follow the energy of the crowd and get some laughs. But I'd never seen it before. I'd never seen him really play with some new material, and it's it's different to watch. It's 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 a challenge. It must make him sweat. He must get nervous up there, and that's him choosing the difficult parts of his day, and, and it just makes the rest of your day, God, not so difficult. If you've had the hardest part and you chose it, it's just like somehow you just don't worry as much about the other little issues that pop up. It's uh, It seems to be pretty universal. I like it. Uh, another thing Jesse talked about, which I really liked, is carving out three hours a day for himself. I don't know how he manages and what he does with that time, but three hours a day is a lot of time, and I like that he is doing it. I think that is fantastic. And uh, I don't know how I would take that on myself or where like how I would fit that in, but but man, it sounds good, doesn't it? What would you do? What would you do with three hours to yourself a day? Like a free three hours, no work, no nothing. Three hours, have a think about it. Because if it is something that you're just like, wow, I've thought of these like six, seven great things, maybe it's something you should do. Maybe it's something you should find a way. You know, build it up, start with an hour. Work it into three, see so if you can prioritize like that, you know? The idea is that these taking this time for yourself and taking the, these these moments isn't just a break that allows you to do less, but its overall benefit allows you to do more. And it's hard to see it because it's kind of counterintuitive, like saying, wait, I won't do anything for three hours a day. What? Like, you're not going to get anything done. But maybe you just feel so much calmer that you just don't come across those hurdles, those roadblocks, those procrastination points that stop you getting things done because you just have more peace. Who knows? Something to think about. Next up, this was a great podcast. JRE MMA 30. Sean O'Malley, Tim Welch. Sean O'Malley, if you're not familiar with this guy, this UFC fighter... Lanky, skinny, pot-smoking killer. This guy is a wild animal. He's so good, so technical, so fierce, closes the gap, absolutely crushes. He's great to watch. I really liked listening to this podcast. Um, Just because in so many ways, it's like the same journey that a lot of people are taking. You know, he's talking about how he learns, like when he's not training, he's listening to podcasts and he's learning this information. It's like, forget school, forget college. He's spending his day just absorbing fantastic conversations from great people and then using that to discipline himself and getting back to work and training like a killer. I really do think he's going to be a champ. Um, he just He's just doing all the right things and he's phenomenal. He's 10 and 0. From Montana, uh, love that state. Um, yeah, can't say enough about about who he is and 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 how he puts things together. Really, really cool guy. And he's and he's on this like total mind and body um, exploration. You know, it's not just about eating right. It's not just about training right. It's about thinking right and being right and being honest and. 
you know, which is a fascinating thing because it just shows that people draw a parallel. Like it's one, you know, back in the day, you just get these fighters that are just, you know, the Tank Abbots or the Rampage Jacksons. They're just big, strong, you know, killer fighters. And then they're aggressive and in their regular life, they're just kind of, you know, flippant and, and however they are. And, and then you don't, you don't draw that connection, you know, that, that this is a martial artist. You just see people as thugs. And then someone like GSP comes along, who is wonderful, super nice guy, very friendly, calm, meditates, does a lot of gymnastics, and shows that the mind and body, it, like in every other aspect of his life, he does well. And that is what spills over into keeping him so strong with his fighting because he leaves no area that's not perfection. And that's really inspiring. And I think that sort of thing has inspired a lot of these young guys. You know, you're not getting thugs that are drinking and smoking and then coming in there and just kicking people's heads off. You just can't compete at that level. You can't go in with those demons in your head because the, the true enemy is yourself. And... If you're living an unhealthy lifestyle and then you're going into the UFC with the level of competition that there is, I don't think you can keep yourself sane anymore. This is why so many of these guys are clean and focused and like real athletes. And that's, it's so badass to see it, you know. And he talks about that with his, with his, you know, explorations into shrooms. Like Sean O'Malley once, you know, likes that likes to really get inside and see what his mind is doing and reevaluate. And, you know, he wasn't talking about these things like, oh, I, I use a bunch of drugs and I'm a druggie. He's talking about them very much like they're a medicine, a medicine that helps keep them focused and, and yeah, wild. Yeah. Badass guy. Badass guy. Can't wait to see more. And his coach there, good friend, mentor, Tim Welch. Really nice guy too. A great uh, person to have in Sean's life and uh, and yeah he wants to be in line for Connor I mean very real possibility of that I mean if he starts continues to do well I mean that's a great matchup for Connor that's the kind of thing Connor would want to take because their fighting style is very similar you know um, O'Malley's jiu-jitsu is solid but I mean he's he's going to want to stay on his feet he's going to want to box it out the way Connor likes to. He's got reach over Connor, but Connor, that doesn't really matter. We saw what he did to Diaz. It'd be a great fight. I would love to see that happen. Next up, 1128, Ryan Sickler. Great comedian, hilarious guy, um, great stories. What a fucking cool dude. And he just has this hilarious high pitched laugh that's you know kind of very childlike and, and really amusing. And anytime that he'd like giggle. I mean, it was more of a giggle, if anything. Like, hee! I mean, it was just brilliant. I really loved uh, listening to him talk. He's uh, got a Baltimore accent, um, you know, so so it's like Northeast. Um, uh, it has a podcast called uh, Crab Crab Feast Podcast, I think it was. I really can't remember. I should write more of this shit down. I apologize. Um, but it's uh, supposed to be a good podcast. Uh, he enjoys doing it. Really has a good time with it. 
And uh, yeah, they just got into some great stories. I mean, one of my favorite right off the bat is when uh, Ryan almost killed his cousin. Uh, they got super high and then he smashed his head on a banister and knocked himself out. That was fucking hilarious. Um, he, he, a big fisherman too, like really into f fishing, loves to do that. Um, and when they were talking about different fish and they got onto the, um, I think it's called the alligator gar. This thing, if you guys haven't Googled this, you take a look at it. It's the most ridiculous fish you've ever seen. It's just straight up like an armored-plated fish with a alligator head. It's like if a little kid designed their own fish, like a super monster fish. You're going to put that on. I mean, you would. Maybe a shark's head would. I, well, I guess most fish have, like, shark's heads anyway. <clears throat> but, yeah, this thing is ridiculous. It looks terrifying. And uh, supposedly people catch it and eat it. So I don't know why the fuck anyone is doing that shit. Uh, another great video they pulled up is when Randy Johnson, the Hall of Famer, baseball, killed the dove with the pitch. Now, I'm sure most of you have seen this. I never had. I never seen this as far as I can remember. But this pitch, he's taking a fastball, throws it, and this dove just flies right in front of him. And boom, just a massive explosion of feathers. And this thing is dead. D-E-A dead. It is kind of funny. All right, a dove does die in the making of that, but it wasn't intentional, and even the pitcher felt bad about it. So, <clears throat> since it happened, it's just one dove, we can't laugh about it. It's perfectly fine. <clears throat> Ryan was also really interested. He's a big pot smoker. I think he said he did some acid, but he didn't know much about DMT, and uh, he talked to Joe about that. And there's, you, you just with Joe, it's like Tourette's. Or, no, I would better way of describing it. It's like verbal diarrhea. As soon as you mention DMT, he can't not talk about it. He just, he's so polished with the way that he talks about this. And, yeah, he just went for it. He, he, he really got into, like, you know, how, what you learn, how amazing it is, what it looks like. But then also talked about Doug Stanhope's version of it, where it was terrifying. Where Doug was just freaking out and making awful noises like, <laughs> just like most people just sit there quietly, right? From what from what Joe is saying, and then they wake up and they're like, "What the hell was that? That was unbelievable." Well, in Doug's case, he just kind of convulsed and made noises of massive discomfort, and then woke up and talked about how lost and scared and how far behind he is and how life eats life. And Joe's like, "Oh fuck, man! I don't care. I'm just glad you're alive." So brutal, brutal, but, uh, you know, it's important that he throws that down, right? Because what's the point of just telling everybody that you're going to have a great time when he himself has seen somebody really struggle with it? I mean, that only makes sense to, like, give a bit of a warning. Um, what I liked about it, though, he goes, to be, to be fair, you know, Doug, Doug's kind of held together with duct tape, just kind of describing how grossly unhealthy Doug Stanhope is, God bless him, and uh, loosely held together by duct tape, I think is how he described it, but very funny. And then uh, along that, along with that kind of line of questioning, um, he talked about uh, the benefits of CBD and uh, the uses of it and 
and how beneficial that is. I don't really know the deal with CBD. I don't think it's classified federally as any sort of illegal drug. Um, you know, it's the non-psychoactive version of THC, which is tetrahydrocannabinol, you know, this shit in weed. So you don't get high, you just get relaxed. And I think it's supposed to be good for inflammation and pain. Um, and the uses of it are rising. I mean, they, they've got creams now. They've, they've got stuff that's really good. And uh, it'll be interesting. They need to do some, some, some more studies on that. But if they find some really good um, benefits of it, uh, and as far as I know, it's not a painkiller that's bad for your kidney or your liver and those sorts of things. I mean, usually painkillers are, and that's the problem with them. We just can't find good ones that don't cause other damage. That's pretty bad. Hopefully, uh, they find some good uses out of CBD because, hey, we're all getting old people. Shit's going to start hurting, and pff, I don't know. It's like every week when I do jujitsu, I'm like, oh, God, what have I broken this week? You're just like tentatively leaving class. Like, are my ribs good? My ribs? Yep. All right. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, the last thing they talked about, which was really cracking me up, was the foreign accent syndrome. Um, foreign accent syndrome was something that they jumped on, and, and Tom Segura talked about it in his comedy special. And it's where someone will get, have an injury, like a head injury, and then they will wake up, and then they will have an accent that's from a different country. Well, Joe is super skeptical of this, like anyone should be, because it sounds like the most bullshit thing ever, though it could be real. But what I really liked about it is when he was reading out the condition, he just kind of changed the definition midway, and he was like, foreign accent syndrome is a rare condition only crazy people get. <laughs> and that just cracked. I think I listened to that like five times. It was such a well-placed, <laughs> like hilarious thing to say. Oh, it just cracks me up. But yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? You think it's real? You think somebody can bang their head and then wake up and they're like talking like they have a French accent? I mean, it just, it's very bizarre. Like what the heck is going on there? Like people that have never even been to those countries. It seems like nonsense. But anyway, great fucking week of podcasts. Really enjoyed it. Really good guests. And coming up next week, we've got Tom Popper and some others. Tom's always fantastic. I can't wait to hear what he says. Um, give me any feedback you can. And thanks for listening. I love you guys. Peace.